Ladies, gentlemen, this is probably just for the ladies. It is time to talk about sports bras. Are you wearing the same one you bought five years ago? Does it dig in? Does it feel uncomfortable? Does it pinch you? Does it nip you? Does it take you out of the zone? Do your boobs feel unsupported when you go running or dancing or bending or whatever you're into these days? I have two words for you. Sweaty, Betty. The brilliant women's activewear brand have given me a 20% off code exclusively for you. Yes, you. So you can see what it feels like when you give your boobs the support they need. A giant bug, a boob hug. I thought that would work. It didn't quite work the way I wanted to. Onwards, their best selling bra is the super comfy stamina sports bra, which is perfect for medium impact activities, especially. But they also have a range of different styles in some fab colours from low to high support, depending what you need or, you know, what you're boobies need. If you're not sure which one you need, you can take their two minute bra quiz and make sure that you use the code thanks a million for 20% off. You're welcome. My book almost being out. In May people, it's called Joyrider. Did I mention my book? There are a million things I'm thankful for today, but what is my guest thankful for? So just looking back at that time, we're just big nerds and I'm happy that's what my life was, but I just wouldn't go back there again. I've done it. I've done it. I've had my yeah. time. I've had my time. Draw a line under it. I just, to um, this day, nothing is ever as scary as going to those discos. I'm Angela Scanlon and welcome to Thanks A Million, where we explore our guests' personal gratitude lists to find out the things that have shaped their lives. Gratitude is your soul's superfood, but cheaper than goji berries and twice as good for you. In this series, we talk thanks with the good, the great and the grateful. Today's guest has a CV as long as your arm. Laura Whitmore is best known as a TV and radio presenter. She currently hosts her Sunday session on Five Live and when it's on, lights up our screens on Love Island. Laura started studying journalism and working at a student magazine in Dublin before one day entering an MTV competition and winning her very first job for the channel. Since then, she's hosted ITV2's I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here Now, carried the Olympic torch in London, hosted live red carpet and backstage at the Brits, at the BAFTAs. She's appeared on Strictly Come Dancing and so much more. She's interviewed everyone from Justin Bieber and Justin Timberlake to acting royalty Kate Blanchett and Kiefer Sutherland. And last year, she released a brilliant book called No One Can Change Your Life Except For You. Wise words, as you can tell just from the title, and lots of wise words within this podcast. But before we jump in, what three things are you, the listeners, grateful for? Helen Colgan, Healing Heart follow her. I'm grateful for the brown bread I made. I forgot some of the ingredients but the kids said it was the best yet. Grateful for the sunshine this morning and my hairdresser Adam Gale hair for giving me hair I can manage. It's the little things but wow having hair I can do myself. Whoop! (laughs) I feel your joy. I need a haircut. Laura Kay, my daughter having COVID. That one did not strike. Did you read the call out babe? But feeling fine. Sorry, my issue. And being able to remote homeschool. My Red Magazine subscription. I love Red Magazine. And having heating. Katrina says my group of amazing mum friends dropping off vitamin boosting parcels to help me through isolation with the toddler and a five month old. Sending you lots of love. Sending you lots of love. I hope you're all out the other side. And then Terry Bradley, the artist, just breathing calmly. Is that three? It's three words, Terry, and that's good enough for me. Right, let's get on to Laura Whitmore. In our chat, we cover routines. There's a bit of wordle thrown into the mix. Love Island, Gwyneth Paltrow, Mm -hmm. music, being a working mum and speaking out about privacy. There's lots covered in here and some great musical chat. Right, let's get to it. Hello, Laura Whitmore. Hello, Angela Scanlon. How are you? <laughs> How are you doing? You're getting caffeinated. I'm getting caffeinated. Coffee is my friend. I appreciate that commitment. Are you a coffee fiend? Do you know what? I never drank coffee really before I moved to, to London. And a lot of the time oh, getting, yeah. getting coffee, I wouldn't even drink it. It was more just, I feel like a comfort just to hold on to. However, yeah. in recent times, 
I need that caffeine. I could, if I could inject yeah. that caffeine directly into me somehow, I would. It's, uh, it is my friend. Yeah, I imagine your morning routine has changed quite drastically over the past year or so. Well, do you know what? Um, I actually was just thinking about routines this morning. My mother is over this week at the moment. And, uh, Hello, Carmel. You, are you into Wordle? Have you heard of Wordle? Never heard of Wordle. Oh, What's my, Wordle? Okay, Wordle is this game my mom does on her phone. It's a different word... I didn't. I just thought this was a weird thing that my mother did, but apparently everyone does it now. Like a few of my friends do as well. It's just this game you play it. Uh, it happens once a day, and it's it's right. kind of like not kind of like Scrabble except one word. Anyway, my mother does it every morning, and now me and my other half are in it. So in the morning we get up, obviously do baby things, have coffee, and then we all play Wordle to see who gets it first. Okay, so you're trying to guess a word based on a clue. Well, you put a word. I'm. I'm re- it's it's so basic. You put a word in, but it's very clever as well. And uh, it tells you if the letters are in the right place and you have up to six goes to do it to see how many goes you can do it in. And now okay. that's kind of become a morning routine. I'm like, oh. what, am, what am I? Who am I? I don't know why I was expecting, um, you know, yoga and a bit of sage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Wordle. Wordle. Uh, I'm, just, Wordle I'm just that I'm person into. who plays solitaire on their phone now. <laughs> Do you remember solitaire shit? I used to waste hours of my life on solitaire on our old desktop. Do you know what I miss? Shopping. I miss Snake. Do you remember Snake? Snake was a good one. Stressful yeah, though. Highly yeah. stressful. Yeah, and Tetris also <gasps> underrated needs a comeback. I remember once playing Tetris so much as a kid that I used to dream about Tetris. About. And then I remember what I remember one day seeing buildings and thinking how they would slot in together. And that's when I knew I had to step away from Tetris. (laughs) Back away from Tetris. Okay, so what are you grateful for today, apart from your caffeine and Wordle? (laughs) Yeah, coffee, definitely. Um, Do you know what? I'm grateful not to get too deep straight away, but just for my voice. Like, look at us here. We're having this conversation, the two of us, as though my opinion on anything matters. I feel very blessed to to have a voice that I do, the freedom to use my voice. And and it is a privilege, I know, that not everyone has. And I feel very lucky. We're here having a chat that we're going to put up and other people will listen to, we hope. And aren't we lucky? Aren't we lucky to have that voice? Because not everyone does. And I have for years taken it for granted. Um, and for all the negativities that come with online and social media... I feel very blessed to have a space and an outlet to use my voice, whatever way, for fun, for serious, for whatever, um, Mm -hmm. to chat to you. Like, how lucky. But I feel like you have, um, you know, and and you say you've taken it for granted, but I feel like you're, you know, there is a sense, obligation might not be the right word, but a a kind of duty or a a realisation of uh, the position that you're in and kind of amplifying voices and causes and, you know, friends or people around you. That feels like quite a conscious thing. Maybe it's a natural thing to do. I remember reading something about your mum saying, don't waste this opportunity. When she's not getting me on Wordle, do you know what I mean? She's coming out with these great <laughs> words of wisdom. Um, Nuggets. <laughs> um, yeah, and like what we do, we're very lucky to work in, in this industry that we do. We're not saving lives, but I do think mm-hmm. having a platform, having followers, particularly maybe younger followers as well, it is important to kind of use that and you know use your space to talk about fun things and then every now and then maybe talk about something, an issue that's very important that maybe you could kind of bring to a different audience that maybe wouldn't hear it. But, you know, as I said, I'm not, not saving lives, but I do have a voice and I'm, I just feel really lucky to have that voice. Um, yeah. If I'm not happy about something, I mean, I'll say it. <laughs> sometimes to my detriment I know you will (laughs) I know you will and increasingly so I mean I always said it probably behind the scenes probably not as vocal publicly to my mates and everyone around I probably like absolutely like talk the head off them but um but I think I think there's definitely been a shift with online and how I use it maybe yeah and does that come with a a sense of security in where you're at like if you know 10 years ago you're like oh I feel you know relatively new to the game and maybe Mm. something I say could be taken wrong or I'm not supposed to I'm just supposed to show up and look cute and do my job and not really have an opinion um I guess it's that balance it's trying to get that balance right and finding your feet and 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 also when you're young and you're starting out you're still trying to figure out who you are I'm still trying to figure out who I am and I'm sure my opinion 
will change on things I've said before and I'll be like why did I yeah. say that then or I don't feel that way I feel differently now so you know we're always as humans in a constant um state of change which is exciting mm. as well um yeah. but I do not yeah maybe there was a fear of saying the wrong thing beforehand or, or there's that element of I think the industry has changed definitely um and I guess before I spent so much time of my life interviewing other people it's like why does my opinion matter as well um yeah and kind of coming from that background um and I mean still to this day people would probably say why does her opinion matter anyway but um I yeah I maybe it's just kind of knowing myself a little bit more and and realizing how it is important to use that voice not just for mm. other people for myself for my sanity because as yeah. you said you can kind of go in there and, and play that one role but there's so many different sides to us that it's important that mm-hmm. all sides are shown yeah and I also think that point on you know being allowed to shift and change your opinion and learn and grow mm-hmm. and some people do it more publicly and yeah. some people do it privately but you know what you say today is you don't have to stick by that forevermore and I think we've become quite uh, binary in well she said that one this one time so you're kind of held to account in a way that doesn't allow for for growth and yeah. for education and for us to go actually do you know what my perception has shifted and changed and yeah. uh, you know I've I've moved away from that opinion or I now see another point of view yeah and I completely agree and I I remember uh I even get asked sometimes the Love Island question I mean before I even watched Love Island I remember thinking oh what's this show like I was like oh what are they and I start watching it and I became gripped with and I definitely judged so what's the Love Island question well like oh would you do a show like that or what do you think of like for from your feminist views and how can you work on a show like that I yeah love that show I'm a fan of that show been a fan of that show for years but I 100% judged people who probably entered that show before I watched that show and I think we all judge people I've judged so many people before I got to know them and I hate myself for that but that's just what we probably do as humans but one thing I like about myself is that I have the ability to change my mind and get to know people. We live in an age where we read headlines or we look at memes as opposed to read the full article so for me Mm -hmm. I'm trying to read the full article not just the headline. I like that. I like that. Sometimes we have said things and we're like, oh, no, 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 no. I've put that person in that box. Therefore, I've said it out loud. I can't go back on that as if it somehow undermines, you know, your judgment or whatever. But actually, we get things wrong. We do. And and conversation is always open. Um, I always Mm. I love a bit of progressive conversation. I I love my friends. I don't agree with them all the time. A lot of them I don't agree with them most of the time. Um, But that's (laughs) why I love them. I don't want to be surrounded by people who have the exact same opinions of me all the time. Yes, Um, people. Yeah, I don't want that. Mm. Like that makes life boring. It it stops me from changing. So I love a good discussion. I love a good debate. Yes. (laughs) Oh, do you know what? I am my uh, my family used to to always take the piss out of me because when I was younger I was on the debating team in Irish oh, yes, Irish, English Go and on. French but I couldn't even really speak French I just liked to argue do you know I didn't know what I was saying That's half the time good though I had a similar thing it was like oh here we go again devil's advocate I would always I loved that role and I yeah. did for a brief period when I was obsessed with Ali McBeal want to be Dance with an invisible baby. Yeah, yeah, that one. But also, like, in the courtroom, arguing Mm. for a living in a sexy little skirt. (laughs) And that's kind of... I, I You were there for the fashion. You were there for the fashion. I was totally there for the minis. But, yeah, I think there's something so... um, so rewarding about tossing around an argument and kind of a like yeah the dance some people find that it's an assault on their opinion yeah but actually I love that yeah Yeah, I love it yeah anyway on we go on we go the thank fuck for this Laura okay so I mean it's so hard there's so many answers I can do for this and I'll just try and think outside the box but do you know what I love what do you love Laura Whitmore I love a smelly candle (laughs) I love a smelly candle because it creates a space no matter where I am it creates an atmosphere and it's quite basic (laughs) I'm a bit basic bitch with that I love a smelly candle and it doesn't matter if it's a candle that costs you 2.99 or then there's the really expensive ones um I just love I love a smelly candle and I I spend um 
I spend a lot of my time, except for in the last two years, like not at home. Um, yeah. Whether it's, you know, working in a different country or like staying in a hotel or, and I always have like a candle in my bag that I light. Nice. Um, that kind of smells like, even my, my brother, when I moved house, my brother was like, this, this house smells like your old house. I'm like, yeah, I just, I do that. Aww. And even I remember like when, um, when I was having the baby like I was like Ian load up the candles you can't even bring real candles in there are the fake ones I know I had a giant salt lamp I was like I need atmosphere so I love atmosphere it really really helps uh, my mental state so a smelly candle I like that and I also like the idea of being able to like because again I do think that probably comes back to that that ritual and that kind of creating comfort so even if you're moving you know the things that settle you and that ground you Mm -hmm. and you know if a smelly candle is up there I bring a palo santo stick oh set off many an alarm not ideal um but yeah I do think those things like or your little peepers if I'm traveling in a hotel mm-hmm. like if I don't have those little things it's it can be quite unsettling because it seems glam and you've you know done a massive amount of travel for work and yeah it looks really fabulous and it's often quite lonely and discombobulating yeah. and you know you don't get the best sleep when you're in a random's bed no you don't and you want to it's that homely feeling that even if you're not at home and I'm not very good at standing still but I definitely mm. have though that that need for for the familiar even in yes. the so finding the familiar and the unfamiliar and I definitely I think I think smells and and lighting I love, I don't know if you like this but I'm really weird with lighting do you, do you ever go out to a restaurant and you're like oh I don't like the lighting here like as no, in it's too bright imagine what a first date with those bright lights I'm like no 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 I no no I, LED good lighting no I just horrendous. I love I love a good lighting we just um yeah. we just put new bulbs out in the garden we have like little little lights out um outside and I'm like oh I can't it's too bright it's giving me a headache oh yeah I love a good lighting. I know. Like sensory, that I think it's overload. And I do think those kind of big, harsh, white lights, you feel like you're about to be operated on. <laughs> I think a warm light, uplighting, yeah. you know, ambiance. Yeah. Like I don't know whether it's, you know, a primitive thing, but it's like allows you to release a bit, doesn't you, it? You said as well that word ritual, and I think there is a ritual in it. And, and sometimes if I'm very stressed and, and particularly what we do, we're surrounded by other people sometimes and you're kind mm-hmm. of always turned on. Um, not that way. But it's when yeah. you, when, like sometimes I like to have a bath and that's me time and I'll light that smelly candle. So there's a ritual to it. It's like when you light that candle, that's Laura yeah. time away from everything. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of not just the the object itself but what it, what it stands for what it means what it represents to me I haven't tried you know Gwyneth Paltrow has the one that smells like a hoo-ha the Vijay mm. yeah I haven't yeah. tried that yet I'd be interested in that now but I don't know I'm, oh, I'm more no. fresh linen than fresh yeah. badge <laughs> when I first said smelly candle I could see you looking at me and go what are you talking about but there's so much to a smelly candle like we could just do this whole podcast about smelly candles <laughs> a smelly candle you it know represents. who is a massive fan of a smelly candle who Garrett Thomas. Really? Yep. The rugby legend. He was on my show a couple of months back. He has hundreds of them. You'll see them on his Instagram. Like hundreds. But does he light them? Candles. You know what? Have you ever gone to them? I go to people's houses sometimes, right? And they have a candle Mm. with a layer of dust on the top that they've never lit that candle. Fuck that. What's the point of having it if you don't light it? No, I agree. And didn't uh, you used to have a giant, uh, giant one? I have like the five wick. The five week candle. Oh. Oh. Uh, but I remember Ian as a present um, went to get me a candle and he, I think he was in Liberties and he was picking one up and he said he he got the big candle and the, the girl working there was like, oh, Ooh. Ooh, the five wick. Wow. Wow. And he was like, oh, he, I never felt really so special her. when I went with a five wick candle. <laughs> but you're literally and burning money. Price. You're burning money. Literally. <laughs> I know. It's absolutely ridiculous, but we love it. Yeah. Okay, the thank you next. So as we get older, you know, you, you kind of reflect back to your younger years. Um, and I think aging sometimes is considered a bad thing. I think aging is a privilege. I do not want to go back to my youth at all. So I'm going to bring you back to a certain time, which at the time was probably actually even reflection of everything that I've done in my life was the scariest and most intimidating. And it was going to discos young discos when you're 17 18 
the first time you're getting ready on nights out. Angela, I spent more time getting ready for nights out and like what I was going to wear, feeling, oh God, I don't have enough clothes. I'm not wearing the right thing. Being then I would spend time and effort getting ready for the Baptist. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I felt okay. more nervous and scary walking, walking into those situations. I went to an all-girls school. I didn't hang out with a lot of boys. Mm-hmm. I look back at that time and I think, that was so... I wish I enjoyed it more. And I'm, I'm kind of... Yeah. I, and I, I, you know, you see kind of young girls going out now and like, oh God, to be young again. I fucking hate it. Yeah, I agreed. would hate it. And over Christmas, um, we were back in Ireland and all, all the pubs have to close at 8 p.m. So me and Ian went out at 7 p.m. And mm-hmm. and 7 p.m. is like the new 11 midnight. <laughs> so we were there having a drink and everyone was dressed up in their little dresses on nights out. And and especially it was in a, a pub that I used to go out in when I was younger that has a late bar. The late bar now right. being 7.30 p.m. And I remember looking at them mm-hmm. going, Rock and roll. God, to be young again. And, you know, you think getting older and you're like, oh God, I feel like old and I'm tired and I like a smelly candle. What have I become? I'm playing yeah. Wordle in the morning. I just wouldn't go back there. Yeah. I'm happy it's done. Yeah, That's quite a common theme on this podcast yeah. is the kind of embracing of getting older or leaving behind, you know, whether it's teens or whether it's 20s. But again, looking back, I mean, and I remember, and it's probably I didn't realise it at the time, but when you, you know, were on shows in yeah. Ireland yeah. and they would throw back to like modelling oh. competitions and stuff like that. To my mind, you, I mean, I was a late bloomer. I think I'm still getting there. But I feel like you were quite, you know, fully formed quite early on. No, I um, I didn't, like, I didn't have a boyfriend until I was at university. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I was, I was very young for my age and... And even when you see, sometimes I see 15 or 16 year old girls now, like I was young. Like I was, I don't know how I'd cope with social media. I just didn't know things were happening. You know, like when people yeah, would okay. kind of be going to house parties and stuff. Like I, I'm sure they were happening. I just wasn't invited to them or going to them. <laughs> That's why I love that Facebook wasn't around then because yeah, I just wasn't going to, I wasn't invited to them. But I, mm. I remember there was a few kind of discos when you're like 17 or 18 and just... The nerves, the nerves walking in and who you're talking to or someone talking to you and the, oh, Jesus, the stress of it all. Like, I just wouldn't yeah. go back. Um, and was it school? Was it like, did you have a, because I know your university friends you're still yeah. very close to. Yeah. Was school a more difficult time for you? Um, I, like, I, I. I kind of described to you there what school was to me. I was on the debating team. Do you know what I mean? I was yeah. a very, I was, I was a nerd. Um, so you were a hot nerd. I was a nerd. I was not, give me the hot <laughs> word. But like all my, like we still have a group and like my best friends to this day who I went to primary school with. Um, Actually a lot of them, one is in Australia now. God, I haven't seen her in about two years. She hasn't been able to come back okay. and she's had a baby since and life has gone by so fast. But um, all my friends I went to primary school with, they're either a doctor or a physiotherapist, or um, or a pharmacist who I used to live with in London, yeah. and and then it was me who kind of went off. I did the like cool thing, but I wasn't the cool girl. Um, so just looking back at that time, we're just big nerds, and I'm happy that's like that's what my life was. But I just wouldn't go back there again. I've done it. I've done it. I've had my yeah. time. I've had my time. Draw a line under it. I just to um, this day, nothing is ever as scary as going to those discos. Yeah. Yeah, and also the kind of want to to like Fit be in. uniform, be yeah. exactly the same as everybody else. Yeah, and we, I, yeah. you know, I grew up in Bray, and there was two clothes shops in Bray. You either went to City Two or you went to In the Groove, and you either had diesel baggy jeans if you could afford oh, them or yeah. save up for, or you might get a little top in City Two, uh, and that was it. And we all looked the same. You know, yeah. Everyone was dressed jeans, the same. Jeans and a nice top. Yeah. What are you Look, wearing tonight? Jeans and a nice top. Jeans and a nice top. Jeans and a nice top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, nice little low rise with like a nice thick belt on it as well. You know. Oh, stop it! Yeah, it was quite a look. Brittany has a lot to to answer for, really. I know. Although, do you know what? I, I look back and I'm like, I wouldn't change a thing. But but it's closed. I've done it. I've done my time, yeah. and I'm happy to get old. Bring it on. Yeah. I've done my time. I've done my, Bring I've done on my the time. smelly candles. Bring on the smelly candles. <laughs> okay. Is there a thanks that got away? Yeah, this is a hard one to answer. And I guess there's probably a lot of people who have had a huge impression on my life that probably have no idea. And kind of going back to the, the first answer I gave you about the use of my voice, um... And how lucky and privileged we are to, you know, be talking on this platform, being able to put it out there. Um, 
well, life is tough for a woman these days. Life was even tougher years ago. And I guess all those women that, that come before us. But do you know who I'm going to thank? I'm going to thank Alanis Morissette. Dolores O'Riordan. Do you know? Jagged Little Pill, Alanis Morissette. Those music of the 90s that when I was going yeah. through the school disco age of who am I? What, uh, those women who I would listen to and go, wow. Like, mm. Yes. The Spice Girls, do you know? (laughs) The music of these women um, at a pivotal point in my life that that gave me strength, whatever that song meant to them. And I'm sure it means different things to different people. And, you know, they probably have people say things to them. But there's that thanks to to what that meant to me. And maybe it means something different to me than it did to other other people. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, even going back before then to... The, the Patti Smiths and the, the Debbie Harrys and the Stevie Nicks. So as a teen, were you listening to those? I mean, whatever about Cranberries, Alanis, yeah. Spice Girls. But, you know, that's like quite a cool back catalogue. Oh, like, Stevie Nicks and Patti Smith. Or was that, did you come to that later? I also was listening to the boy bands of that time as well. Like, I mean, it was like, boys don't take that. Um, Ronan Keating Ronan was Ke- the man yeah. of your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> I was more Stephen Gately girl, if I'm honest. Were you? But I feel, I feel like I was surrounded by it's a lot of boy bands especially when you're a girl and when I listened to yeah. and then suddenly I kind of discovered I think it was probably Alanis Jagged Little Pill my cousin Claire had that album and I remember just listening to going, oh like women can rock it out as well and yeah. finding this power in this music from I guess my cousins were like my older, older sisters because I didn't have older sisters and it changed me. It definitely changed my impression of music and what was out there. And a voice. I guess songs are using your voice in a different way. And even to this day, for certain moods that I'm in, if I put in, put on Jagged Little Pill or put on You Learn, it really oh, affects me. song. It really affects me. Or yeah. You Ought to Know. Do you know? Oh. Yeah. But actually, I love that as, as an answer. I remember my sister bought Jagged Little Pill and she was always, she had Oasis. She was very, yeah. like, really great yeah. taste in music and introduced me to a lot of that stuff. But I, the same thing, Jagged Little Pill, it was like this rebelliousness, this angst and anger and mm. this kind of permission for a brilliant woman to like yeah shout a bit and yeah. to be multifaceted which I think up until that point there was a kind of sense that you know little girls which yeah. is essentially what we were coming out of being um you know are, are sweet and they smile and they do the right thing and they mm-hmm. um you know looks sweet mm-hmm. and suddenly there was these kind of like scruffy shouty angry mm. brilliant women mm-hmm. saying things that we you know we didn't know how to articulate at all mm-hmm. and even within some of those songs some of the themes and issues that I never even thought of or contemplated and even going back now I listen back and I'll hear something in it that I didn't really hear when I was younger or didn't really realize the consequences of what that meant but I'm yeah. so thankful for for that music and I mean like I listen to a wide range of music even bringing in the Spice Girls like I'm so thankful for the Spice Girls and what they Same. represented um yeah. and and it does I think especially music you listen to at a certain stage in your life it will stay with you forever um mm. and I'm hugely thankful for that music and seeing what people can do with their voice you know I, I'm I'm not a singer. I don't write music. I don't put music out there. But it definitely showed me that certain things that you can put out in the world and your legacy and what you say and how that affects people and how people effect. can take it in different ways. Yeah. 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 I love that. And I also think the Spice Girls, it was like music aside, it was, you know, the the visual variation. They all you know, there was quite a yeah. homogenous. Exactly. You were like, oh, fuck. These are like global megastars and mm-hmm. they all feel entirely different. Mm-hmm. And again, it was kind of permission for our generation to go do do your thing. Yeah. And coming, I, I guess, really coming fresh. from where we, you know, to go out a night out, you kind of all wore that uniform. It was like, oh, you can kind of wear whatever what you, you want, want to. Just find your space. Yeah, Totally. Love that. Um, I'm going to listen to Jagged Little Pill. Oh, it's so good. Ironic is my favourite karaoke song. Because <laughs> <laughs> people, everyone knows the words, everyone joins in at the chorus. You yeah. don't need to be that great of a singer. Do you do uh, that thing though? When I ever sing Lance Mercer, I try and do the voice. And I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? I'm like, it's actually Ronnie. Ronnie. That's not irony. But anyway, 
no. <laughs> yeah, it's not technically, <laughs> but it's fine. Don't worry. It's poetic license. Yeah. We forgive you, Alanis. Okay, the big thank you. Okay, so my big thank you is the cups of tea. And I'll tell you why. Tell me. Even if you don't like a cup of tea. Uh, and I, I think I didn't really realise the significance of tea in my life until I moved to London thing. And maybe it's, again, going back to that homely thing. But anything that ever happens in my life, anything bad, anything good, the first thing you say is, I'll put the kettle on. I'll make a cup of tea. And that mm. goes back to the first big breakup uh, at college. Um, I remember I remember my housemate got. I'm just going to put the kettle on. And it's like, it kind of gives you a space. And I do it over here so much so there's like infiltrated my 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 British friends and, and they now just put the kettle on even though they don't want a cup of tea. And I, I remember yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. my other half going, God, you guys drink a lot of tea. I'm like, we don't really. It's, it's a, rep- it represents a moment, a space, a breather for anything that, yeah. anything bad or sometimes good that happens, but it's kind of a break, a time. It's, do you want to meet up for a cup of tea? And you may not want to have a yeah. cup of tea, but it's a chat. It can be a serious chat. It can be telling somebody that you're expecting a baby or telling someone you got a new job mm. or telling somebody you're going through a difficult time in your life. Um, and for me, tea represents so much. So when I said to you about I go around with candles in my bag, I also normally have tea bags in my bag because I'm very specific okay. about the different types of tea that I like. Yeah. Um, Are you a Barry's woman? Like a Lion's Gold Blend. But I'll take my berries as well. I'll take a Yorkshire tea as well, actually. That's not bad. But um, for me, it means something. And I'll always remember, as I said, going back to like a big significant moment at college and like there's a breakup and just putting the kettle on, we all sat down and had a cup of tea. I couldn't tell you if we drank it, but I'm so thankful for what that means and what that is. Um, Even, you know, I, I, I had a friend who lost someone recently and I was like, do you want to meet up for tea? Yeah. And, and, do, you, do you know so for me it's it's what it it's means code it's code now it's code for, it's yeah. code and I was talking to Ian he kind of has it but, but he has like I'm going to play a computer game with with my mate you know John and I'm like that means he's going to have a chat with him so they'll play a computer game they'll have like a, a chat so that's my cup of tea so that's my big thanks yeah. because tea has got me through a lot oh I love that and like it's the act of nursing a cup of tea, isn't it? Yeah. There's like actual comfort, Holding physical yeah. comfort. I never, I never really get to the bottom of a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. but there's like cups of them all over the house, like finding them in all places. Chats going on in every, in every room, bedroom. every nook and cranny. <laughs> How do you take your tea? So I like, I like my tea. Like I like my men strong. Um, I do like a strong. Yeah. I always, sometimes I say I'll have like an oat. I'll be fancy. Like put a bit of oat milk in I there. I'll take say. whatever milk that is in the house. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, they're like, are you lactose intolerant? I'm like, no, but like, I, I just feel like I should have like an oat milk in there or an yeah. almond or a soya makes me sound fancy. But then when I'm back home, sometimes if I'm in my dad's house, I'm too embarrassed to ask for that. So I'll just take the milk that's oh, yeah. in the house. It's not there anyway. Or look at her in from You're London like- with her oat milk. <laughs> oh what um yeah and maybe there's i'm not i don't drink tea you don't all, have to drink have. tea to go for a cup of tea though that's true okay so that's what i, I would have a black tea okay yeah. a, like a really weak black tea that's almost like a you're having a boiled water is what you're herbal having. i'm having boiled water basically but again i do appreciate the kind of it's the pause isn't it yeah. it's the kind of gathering mm-hmm. around and um, and it's connection, I suppose, mm. is is what it is, like a little safe space. Yeah, you're right. It is a safe space, and and it's a moment. It's it's mm. just taking a chance to breathe, and even if you don't know yeah. what to say to somebody, it's the the process of filling up the kettle and putting it on the boil and just having a moment to think before you say anything. Um, yeah, uh, we go through a lot of cups of tea in the house. Yeah, good. Okay. Tea for the win. Tea for the win. The present, Laura, that you are most grateful for. I think the best thing you can ever give anybody is your time. Um, mm. And I think as we get older, we realise how important time is. So I always think the best gift is when someone has given me their time. Um, yeah. So I'll give you some examples. So, for example, what I'm wearing now, actually, my mother-in-law knitted for me. Um, she is. She's quite. She was knitting the baby loads of clothes, and I was like, I "Quite like this. Can you do this a little bit Go bigger?" Go on, throw me one. In. Is Aaron it a, an Aaron cardigan? Yeah. So, 
so for her to make in lemon it's yeah it's yellow as well she's like I know yellow is your favourite colour um, so, so this is just one example but for her to do that the time and effort into making something remember when, do you remember back in the day if someone made you a mixtape it was oh I love to mixtape oh rather than someone going and buying yeah. you a CD a mixtape all the time anything that's taken up someone's someone's time um, yeah. one of the best gifts anyone ever gave me my mother this year gave up three months of her time so I could work and she got on a plane wow. with me every time I went to Spain and back so I could breastfeed a baby, have a new baby and do a job. Um, yeah. And and that is greater than any physical gift that anyone could give me because it was yeah. it was her time. Um, and now we try to do that thing when it comes to gifts, especially with family. It's like do something together, have time together yeah. rather than an object because... I am a terrible person. I lose stuff all the time. And I'm like, if you've given me a gift at some stage, I've probably lost it now. I might find it again. <laughs> but I'm, I'm petrified. I'm petrified by having jewellery because I'll probably put it down somewhere and then lose it. So for me, I always think memories and time is like the most important thing you can do. So my mother given up three months of her year. I mean, you know, she got to spend it with her grandchild and me. Let's yeah. I think it was more important about the grandchild than she'd really care about me. But but it's hugely significant. Three months is a long time. It's a big time. part of, of your life. In order for me to be able to, yeah. to work and do do something that I love, um, but also be able to provide for my family. So yeah. so that time, um, yeah, any gift that, that means time. A present that Ian got me, one of the best presents he ever got me, which I haven't actually used yet. Um mm-hmm was I mentioned music there music so important and means so much but we were supposed to go to a gig together and he got me tickets to go and see Engelbert Humperdinck go on who's in his mid 80s now so, so Engel in his left field so it's the best because I, I was like how did you know because let's be honest not a lot of people are going to see Engelbert Humperdinck of our no. of our age and he got us tickets just and it was to go and see him in 2020 now the tickets have been postponed oh. twice He's playing okay. in 2022. Thank God he's still alive. He got through COVID. He's like mid 80s. And I didn't want to say it. <laughs> don't don't want to but yeah. He's hanging in there. I was like, is he still here? Yeah, he's still, still here. With us. Um, and Great. for me, that time of us doing something together, like that's the greatest gift that you can you can give someone your time yeah. for him to take up an evening to come to Engelbert Humperdinck with me. Yeah, <laughs> against his it's, will. You know what? He look, we we did a trip across America and we went to Reno. Um, which okay. I would highly recommend it's bizarre I just think of it from yeah. Sister Act because that's where we'd be going uh, with yeah, yeah, yeah. and we saw Engelbert there we were definitely the youngest people at the gig by 50 years remind me what Engelbert sings <laughs> you're like tell me when will you be mine tell oh me come on we went because he was the only person playing <laughs> the hotel we were staying in we went for the laugh Fine. and it was incredible um, okay. so yeah a gift of time or a gift of Engelbert Humperdinck I love that. that. Um, back to your mom yeah. briefly and that three month period and Love Island and over and back to Spain and COVID and everything yeah. else and being a brand new mother yes. for the first time. What's your, you know, memory of that? Outside looking in, yeah. it looked like you, you know, breezed through oh God, that no. transition <laughs> into motherhood oh god like I I think we all need to be careful that when we look on someone's Instagram that it's not real life um mm-hmm. and I think I like I don't put every single bit of my life up there because I don't have to and I choose not to and for me it's a, it's a workspace as well as you know I put up some real elements in there too it's, it is real it's me it's a part of me uh, but sometimes we can be like oh you look like you've had a great time but sometimes it's mm-hmm. nice to be busy living life and not having to document every part of it so there's definitely things. I mean, I remember getting mastitis. Like, I'm, mm, the day we were doing bitch, the first show of the coupling up, I had mastitis. So I had a fever. I had great big hard boobs. Um, oh, one geez. one bigger than the other. Um, and in one way, though, it kind of took away the pressure of the... There was other things I was worrying about <laughs> rather yeah. than the telly side. Um, but yeah, it, it was hard. It was it was work, and um, it was full on because you're balancing everything. Um, mm. And as I said, I'm so thankful for my mother for being there every step of the way, so I could do, so I could breastfeed full time, but also do the show. It was hard because I didn't want any of any part of my life to to miss out or mm. um, not give get, get the f- full time and effort from me. So I 
it's not that you can do it all, but I needed to work to provide for my family, but also to have a bit of me as well. But I think we need to be careful how we judge. Because, you know, from the outside, it's like, oh, you just straight back to work. It's so easy for you. It wasn't. It was yeah. fucking hard. It was really, really hard. It took a lot of planning um, and my family around me um, and breastfeeding schedules. And, uh, you know, the team had to, you know, we had COVID to compete with. We had to, like, I had to fly over. Yeah. I remember flying over to film for three days and then flying back and isolating for five days before I could go into studio in London. Like, it was insane. It was crazy. It was a crazy time. But when you're on the roller coaster of it, you just get on with it, don't you? Like, no matter what yeah, you do. high as a kite. Most new mothers, you just get on with it. You don't really have time to think too much. Yeah. Yeah. And do, were you good with asking for support? Because that was one of the things that I really failed at doing. Mm. I was kind of, you know, had define myself and I was quite proud of my ability to be independent yeah. and to do everything myself and suddenly you know I remember I had mastitis as well I remember Roy bless him having to massage oh, my bit like man. not in a sexy way <laughs> but like really needing yeah. <laughs> into them to try and get those little blockages out I woke up one in the middle of the night one night and was like I think I'm gonna die just I had a fever and he like ran downstairs and got me a smoothie I don't know if that's what you do but I just needed to feel Feel like I might stay alive and but that kind of sense of like mad vulnerability mm. and dependency on people was a was a real um was a real gear change I think it's really important to have your tribe around you and I'm really lucky with uh, the group of friends and colleagues work colleagues that I have around me and I remember I remember even the yeah. day when I got similar the fever thing it's fucking mad I remember waking up at four in the morning knowing that I, knowing I had to be on set that day with a fever shaking I was like freezing cold um mm. and going into the shower and it was only because actually Emma my stylist she recognized it because her her mother had had mastitis and I had said god I think I have a fever okay. I don't know but I've done a COVID test it's, I don't have COVID because you kind of think the only thing you can get is COVID so you're like if I don't have COVID yeah, then I'm when fine when you're in that funk yeah she recognized the symptoms I actually didn't realize I was like oh my boobs a bit sore I didn't really realize and it was having that team around me kind of looking after me um, yeah. you know, between my, my my hair and my makeup and my stylist and my agent, they were my family. My mom was there too, but we're all family. We're all looking out for me and everyone was taking, you know, my mother, I remember like uh, in the middle of the night, she's like, oh, I'll change the baby's nappy just so you can sleep for another hour. Or, you know, little things like that, which are mm. huge. Or I'll bring her for a little walk around the block. And, yeah. and you know, I had her in set with me where like my my stylist was sometimes holding the baby and I was doing one thing and it was it was a really I look back with fond memories because I think we had a great experience it was hard but we kind of everyone got closer um yeah. I think I said this to you actually recently as well like you know I'm closer to like my mother now than I ever was and I'm mm -hmm. I'm closer to even work colleagues because I guess showing that vulnerability and being vulnerable is all right so maybe I don't seem vulnerable to the outside world but Jesus Christ I am to the people that I need to or maybe yeah, I am I don't know that we're right there yeah who are in it that we're right there um, and that that has actually yeah allowed you connect in a deeper way I guess yeah. because when you kind of when you go yeah, through that like, everything happened at the one time and, and you're probably the same everything always happens at the one time you can have slow months oh, yeah. and then suddenly everything's happening and you know em right when you need to sleep <laughs> right when you need to sleep and and even your body changing and kind of getting to grips with yeah. that and and just having that group of people around you who who kind of are there for support and to help you. Like, I never really worried about what I was wearing. Like, I go back to the days of the school disco when you're so conscious about what you're wearing. When I was doing Love Island, I didn't yeah. really think about what I was wearing because I was like, I, I was too busy thinking about like, Bigger the baby's okay and you're doing live telly or whatever. And I'm like, I've got people around me who've got that sorted. I'll be fine. Yeah. My, you know, my, yeah. it's not going to, my bump isn't going to rip through an outfit on Sleb Juice because that's someone else's job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I felt like I'm it was. Sometimes I felt like it was. I've outsourced that. <laughs> I've outsourced. Um, how would, like, the press, I know you've got a kind of, I um, don't know how I would describe your relationship with with the press, but like... How would you? <laughs> I don't know. But you, like, hold them to account, I guess, and you kind of say things that I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily say when there's an invasion or what feels like an invasion of privacy at that time. Did it feel like a, a violation? Um, I guess anything I ever... I do think about what I say and why I say things and everything mm -hmm. I say for... I, there's so many times I could say something and I don't. It's kind of knowing the right battle. Um, yeah. But I definitely have found comfort in using my voice speaking up about things and issues. And um, 
there's definitely an invasion of privacy uh, for so yeah. for so many people in this space. And I think we need to be careful that, you know, it is okay to have a line. You can have, you know, you can work on television without having someone outside your house trying to follow you yeah. and taking pictures of you or, you know, it's a bit creepy. Um, mm. I always think it's really weird how it's legal for like five men to follow you down an alleyway if they're taking pictures of you. Like how, yeah. and feel intimidated, I, you know, especially if you're by yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I never really understood or that. Or with the baby. Or with the baby. And I guess I've seen that happen to other women in the past. And I was like, oh, well, it's happened to them. So it, that's just that's the, the way it is. And then I realized, actually, I've learned a lot from the new generation, girls much younger than me who are doing this or, or doing something within this, within this realm. Um, and yeah. how, how good they are at standing up for themselves. And I kind of a bit annoyed, like 10 years ago, I wouldn't have spoken out the same way I do now. So I've actually learned from the younger generations who won't put up with that shit. Yeah. Um, and you don't need to accept it. Yeah. And it's sometimes yeah. it's, a, it's a conversation. It's like, is this OK? Um, and mm. and kind of showing, I don't know, not constantly having a go at people, but just maybe shining a light or a mirror up on, on how we do certain things and make us all kind of think things in a different way. Um, I yeah. think sometimes if you see a picture and I've done the same see a picture of someone on a beach I've seen it in the past and I'm like oh they've set up a mm-hmm. pap shot not realising actually it was probably a giant camera lens and it was behind they were behind a bush like and and yeah. knowing the situation um, and there's nothing wrong with holding people accountable or questioning things maybe questioning is the thing mm-hmm. I like to question things why do we do that Yeah. what's the reason we do yeah. that and just because we've always done something doesn't mean we should continue to do it. Yeah, because um, you yeah. look at, you know, other TV presenters who are older than us and how they were treated. That doesn't mean that we mm-hmm. need to be treated that way. Um, and as I said, yeah. I do I do look to the younger generations who seem to be a lot more confident than, than I was and, and know their rights more than probably I, I knew at the time. And know their boundaries and go, actually, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, you kind of do inherit this maybe, not complacency is the wrong word, but like acceptance. Yeah, that's the of way Of certain it is. behaviours and certain systems. Yeah. And then you think, oh, hang on a sec. Yeah. I don't, we don't need to accept this. No. Or there is a potential for things to change if we continue to question things. Yeah, and it's a question I haven't got to figure out. I don't know what's right or what's wrong. I don't know what the boundaries yeah. are sometimes. I, I remember once doing an interview about a work project. Uh, you know, when you have a new show or... Um, a new campaign you have to do so much press for it and mm-hmm. and someone start asking about my relationship and I was like oh this is this is about work and they're like oh yeah but you put a picture up of your husband on Instagram or he's my boyfriend at the time I'm like yeah but that that doesn't mean I I have to tell you everything about him just because I put a picture up yeah. so I think we need to learn those boundaries I'm the same too though I'll be like I love a little bit of a gossip like we all do it yeah. <laughs> we all do it yeah so it's just kind of learning those boundaries for myself as well yeah and and I think but for me the struggle is wanting you know to be liked it Mm. feels quite confronting Mm -hmm. to question somebody if they're like oh what about this I'm not comfortable answering that yeah or I'm not going there and that actually you know sometimes your head can go into overdrive and go oh will that be perceived in a certain way will they think this will they think that and then you go fuck it I think as well as how you answer things too and and how people ask things like you know I spend my life interviewing a lot of people and you know yourself like sometimes I'll kind of push things I'm like oh actually they don't want to go there today or sometimes sometimes I'm I'm really surprised um I'll do an interview I interviewed um Kiefer Sutherland this week for something he would have Mm -hmm. answered any question I asked him yeah and I didn't expect that you think you know Hollywood star like that they're probably going to be very cautious well sometimes there's some people I ask questions to and I'm like oh they've talked about this before in the press and you you ask them a question you go actually they're not in that space today I'm not going to push it because that's not where they are and that's not what I do you know I want people to kind of say things and I don't want people to regret saying something ever so I think it's kind of learning that kind of balance so because I do it from the other side I guess I have a bit of a different understanding so and it's intention it's you know how questions are asked what's the intention of that when people write things what's the intention of that um it's like a photographer can take a picture of you walking into work going into bbc um you're going into work they're probably take probably not even there for you they're probably there like i went in the other day they weren't there for me they're there for i think boris was around or something i just happened to be there or there is um, a photographer who lies under your car to try and take a picture up your skirt. That's intention. What's the intention? I think that's the difference with anything we do.
Okay, finally, the hashtag blessed moment. Do you know what's lovely? I, I had to really think about this because there's been lots of moments, which is a really nice way to be. And I'm going to take the moment probably from the last year, wordly, like 2021 is probably, it seems contradictory, but my happiest year. Um, um, It was a year where I was the busiest and there was a lot of balance and there was hard times. But I think sometimes the harder times you have, you realize the good times within that and I've realized like I'm happy I I'm content um March in particular you know I I was due a baby it was also a book coming out I was filming a series I was like why is everything happening in this month but it was also worthy my happiest month and I think it's because the only reason I could do all of that was because my home life felt safe and my blessed moment was realizing, because not everyone does, have that safe space, that smelly candle, that that space that you can retreat to, the cup of tea, cup of tea. Um, sensing themes, it all links together. Look at that. I didn't even do that intentionally. Um, <laughs> and I think I realized that in March, um, everything kind of came together and... And it doesn't always, and it may not have. I was like, I could have had a baby early or there could have been complications or I might not have reached that deadline. And But it was that support around me. And I remember just feeling really lucky that away from the madness, I'd come home and I'd be, ah. and I feel very right. lucky. I feel very lucky for that for that life. I realized that when I stood still, it was okay. And that was my blessed moment knowing that because I had mm-hmm. that space. We are always asked that question, what's the next thing you're doing? And I'm always, you know, I'm doing one thing now, but I'm probably thinking, what am I doing after this? And I've got to do that and I've got to do this. And I think, and maybe it's, I don't know, for you as well, when you've got that responsibility of keeping, you know, a mini human alive, mm-hmm. everything's put into perspective. So I, uh, I'm i constantly moving, but I'm normally, you know, following around a small little human and, and they're they're the you know they're the person that dictates my life now they're not dictating me. the movement yeah. yeah but I feel I said I feel I feel very lucky because not everyone feels safe I feel safe at the moment in this space and I feel blessed for that I love that thank you and it's lovely to see you thank happy you. and safe and yeah content thank you so much to Laura Alanis Morissette That is going to be ringing in my head all day long and yours too, I hope. You can catch Laura on her show on Five Live and on Love Island whenever it's back. Her book, No One Can Change Your Life Except For You, is also out now. Do hit subscribe and also please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. I am going to pick every week a winner. So do a five-star review send me a screen grab on Instagram, share it on your Instagram. And each week I'm going to pick a winner and I'm going to send you a copy, a signed copy, no less, of my book. Have I mentioned I've written a book? It's called Joyrider out May the 12th, 2022. Anyway, I will send you one to your home as a little thank you to one person each week, not everyone, sorry. But make it a good one and I'll pick you. Merci. Thanks a Million is produced by Louise Mason at Rethink Audio. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.